0: You're listening to Rolling Toe with trucking experts Kevin and Mike Beckett. This is the show where you ask the questions and we give you the diagnosis on how to get the most out of your truck. We'll talk about avoiding wear and tear, knowing your suspension and axles, and how to get more mileage from your tires. We're on the audio road. Let's get it rolling. Hello, all. This is Mike and Kevin Beckett with our fourth official. Episode of the Rolling Toe Show
1: in two months.
0: In two months. We've had a few issues, but we're getting through them. We think we've got all the technical glitches figured out now. We've checked with one of our listeners to make sure they could hear us, so we're going out over the air properly. We have programmed for the full hour show instead of 15 minutes like we did last week.
1: Oops. Oops.
0: (laughs) And because last week's show was so short, we're going to repeat the subject and go through that again so we have a properly recorded program for use in the future. I appreciate all of your patience. We apologize for this, but we are a bunch of amateurs working for free, so what can you expect?
1: (laughs) Uh, The subject
0: for tonight that we wanted to start with, whether we stay with that depends on the questions you have. And by the way, if you have a question for us, push one on your keypad on your phone and you will queue up to be online for us to ask a question. If you push one twice, it will take you right back off and we won't ask you a question because we won't know you want one. Um, The subject I wanna discuss tonight is specifications on alignment. You go to shops, they align it, they say it's within specs. Well, what does that mean? I'm a member of the American Trucking Association Technology and Maintenance Council yet I participated in the original task force that developed RP 642, Guidelines for Total Vehicle Alignment. This RP was published in 2000, and membership in that task force included representatives from the major truck, axle, tire, and alignment equipment manufacturers doing business in North America. As I recall, it was in one of the early meetings in 1997 that the subject of specs came up. A survey of the participants revealed a variety of opinions on what was the correct preferred settings and the acceptable tolerances that could be used. The specifications for each company were collected and put on a spreadsheet for study. The comparison showed that the vehicle owner could have four different specs to set the alignment depending on the make of the vehicle, or the axle, or the tires, or the alignment machine. Changing the tires on a vehicle And now you have a different spec because mentioned spec may not be the same as Goodyear spec or Bridgestone or Continental. Another alignment system moved from a hunter to a beeline and you get a different spec. Because of this confusion, the group decided to establish some alignment targets for alignment setting. These targets are numbers that the group could all agree on that were acceptable, but did not include tolerances. They were intended as goals to shoot for not necessarily obtained. My thoughts at the time went in a different direction. I wondered how the various manufacturers came up with their specs. So I took the meetings as an opportunity to talk individually with the reps to learn their development process. After several conversations, I found out they all told me the same basic story with, in general, only a change of names, dates, and locations. So I will now present a Reader's Digest version of the development process as I perceived it. I'll further simplify the story by only addressing one alignment factor, drive axle alignment. Long ago and far away in the land of engineering, a junior chassis engineer was assigned the task of establishing the specs for the alignment of the drive axle. The individual retired to a place of relative peace with all the tools and reference materials needed and contemplated the problem. The first obvious conclusions were that the axle should be centered laterally under the frame and should be at a 90 degree angle to the frame. With this concept firmly in mind, the engineer consulted with the industrial engineer who oversaw plan operations. The industrial engineer pointed out that zero offset and zero angle specs might be perfect in an ideal situation but they're not building trucks under ideal. The frame rails are not all perfectly identical. Neither are the leash springs, spring hangers, axle pads, and axles. Similar but not identical means a stack of manufacturing tolerances that can significantly affect the final alignment. As a result, chassis alignment is included in the manufacturing process, but that portion of the build is only allowed between seven and and 9 minutes in most plants, and perfect alignment of one or two drive axles is not possible on 250 to 300 vehicles a day. Time and motion studies at the workstation determined the limits that were possible with currently available alignment equipment, and so preferred specs and acceptable tolerances are established. Variables such as part-time help and vacation fill-in workers were added in, and finally specs were published to reflect what was possible for alignments on vehicles leaving that operation those are the specs that are used to set alignments on many vehicles today in the conventional alignment shop the point of the story is that factory specs are build specs performance specs when a customer brings a vehicle in for alignment because he is experiencing tire wear handling aligning to a factory spec usually does not solve the problem now having said all of that
1: all right. and just, I got a couple things. First off, now when they, when everybody got together and decided on the spec, they said, they were, you said it was a goal. It was a target. A yeah. target. And with their target, sort of like the the junior engineer in the building operation, the target was a perfect team. Yes. They all wanted the vehicle to point perfectly straight. Yes. The axle, straight with frame, everything straight. That's yes. the target. But they realized they're not going to be able to make a perfect T, especially every time. Right. And you're even even expecting it when you try. Given the shims you've got, given the bushes you've got, given everything else you've got, chances are you're not even going to get one, a perfect T, much less all. Correct. So they accepted more of a V. Yes, but they don't, in the TMC spec, it doesn't tell you how much of a V you can have. Right. They just want a goal of zero. Right. And, well, it's going to be off. And... They don't even they don't even say within a thirty second. No, they Seven just tell you
0: with your equipment, with your capabilities, you get it as close to that as you can.
1: Okay. Okay. All right. And now this is this is what they found. Right. This is uh, and based on what they found, I think everybody can agree that a uh, uh, factory alignment and the kind of alignment that you get in a in a, a typical alignment shop uh provides a perfectly random set of results oh absolutely in
0: the factory, they will diligently recalibrate their equipment they will spend time training their technicians so that they can operate the equipment effectively and efficiently in the nine and a half or seven and a half to nine minutes in the real world, attention to calibration of the machine on a regular basis is not done and The training and the technician tends to be haphazard at best. Okay. So
1: for the uh, purpose of the listener, now we just went from the actual specification to the calibration of the equipment that's doing the job. Mm -hmm. Calibration. uh, uh, You say the the factory is diligent, Mm -hmm. but why are they diligent? Because they've done
0: tests. They bring in a new piece of alignment equipment. They set it up in a test facility. And they will bring in one truck, and they will measure that truck over and over and over again with the same technician, 10, 20, 30, 40 times, to see how many cycles of use it can take before the calibration is off enough that they can't depend on the reading. Then they establish in the plant, let's say, 15 cycles of use or 20
1: cycles of use. That
0: machine has to be recalibrated.
1: Now, when they decide it has to be recalibrated, how far off is it? Well, they'll have their own tolerance. Let's say
0: toe, for example, should be a 16th of an inch toed in, give or take a 32nd. They will run the test in the factory until it's not accurate to that 32nd.
1: Let's say it's a 32nd. Do we know it's a 32nd? Well, it depends on each reading, and and it depends on each plan. I mean, everybody's got their own. Everybody's working in their own environment. Right. Right. But once they
0: set it, they will test it to see how long they can use it and still stay within that. And they won't just test the GRR once. They'll do it once with one operator and get a set of performances. Then they'll bring in a different operator, have him go through the whole test again, until they find out what the average is. Okay. And then they'll use that to set their standard for how frequently they recalibrate.
1: Okay. So here we have a set of numbers and a set of cycles, and we understand it could be as little as 20, maybe even less than that, Right. before the equipment itself is no longer providing you a measurement that would be useful. Correct. Okay, uh, or at least uh, necessary to get the result that the the specification that they wanted to get as close to that T right. as they thought. Whether the, the T, T worked or not in the yeah, alignment—that's that another out. discussion. We didn't even get to that. No, we right. are just saying in order to get in order to get to the specification, one, if you had to do this right. good on calibration, right, and they they do that at the factory, but we know they don't do that in the field. Correct. They those the equipment at your local alignment shop may not have been calibrated last year
0: that i find frequently right um, when we survey people in conventional alignment shops on how frequently they calibrate it tends to be on average sometime between six months and a year and okay. they might be doing four or five alignments every day right so and then when when the guy comes in to calibrate and it usually have to be done by an outsider he'll spend his time 30 40 45 minutes calibrating the machine He'll give it back to him and say, it's all calibrated now. Great. Was it off? Yes. How far off? Well, a little bit. Well, how much is a little bit? Well, I had to adjust the screw a little. Okay, fine. When did it go wrong? I don't know.
1: When's it going to go wrong?
0: Can't tell you. How often do you drop it? I don't know.
1: Oh, don't drop it.
0: Oh, yeah. Now we're in a whole other discussion. Okay, so those are the concepts of build
1: specs. Specs versus the equipment you're using. Correct. And whether or not you can get a result close to what would be factory spec. Even if you did that, even if you get within what is known as factory spec with calibrated equipment, we know that the the resulting alignment is still random. Yeah, it's
0: random and it's not necessarily going to solve your problem because they have a build spec. They have no idea what the performance
1: spec should be. Right. They have no idea. They're just trying to, they want, they're building hundreds of these vehicles a day. Right. And they're aligning them in minutes. Right. And all they wanted was a spec that would work for who? Just to get it out the door. To get it out the door. And, and not necessarily the best guy in the entire operation of Peterbilt or whoever it is, but the person that's doing the job that day. Right. And actually, a little wider than that, just in case he didn't do it right.
0: Well, yeah, you, because they had to build in the tolerances to fill in for the vacation fill in guys and the. And the guy is out sick, and somebody else is doing the work. And and,
1: uh, yeah, and uh, satisfy the warranty engineers. Yeah, the warranty doesn't want to pay for anything. Right. So they, they, you know, they even took that and broadened it out a little bit more. So just fit within this area that you could drive two trucks through, mm-hmm. and that the, for the distance of the shot, you mm-hmm. could drive two trucks through the the field. That this, a lot well, of I'm, really that's, that's a pretty broad statement. I,
0: I'm not going to go quite that broad. But let's just say that it doesn't necessarily produce the handling and tire where you expect. Okay. All right. We do have somebody that has a questionnaire. Anybody who wants to ask a question, please punch one on your uh, phone. It'll queue you up that you have a question for us. If you punch one twice, it'll erase the question, so we won't know you're there. But we do have somebody who wants a question, so let's go to them and see what they got. All
1: right. Here we go in the five three zero area code.
2: Hi, um, hey, question. Question. hello, hello? hello?
1: Ah,
2: okay. Actually, ah, I have okay. okay. a, a question about actual tire wear.
1: Okay. Um,
2: I've got a driver's side steer tire that, that in, I bought at the exact same time, two hundred and forty thousand miles, miles ago, as my passenger side. My passenger side is wearing perfectly mm-hmm. even. I've still got about eight thirty seconds left on it. Working great. Working great. On the, driver's, the side, driver's side, if you can kind of just picture looking at it starting at the inside, it's got the five ribs on it. Ribs. That first that rib first is rib is three thirty seconds lower than the rest of the tire. And then if you go on ahead and come over to the groove over. right there that would be between the fourth and fifth on the outside of the tire, there's a, a oh, I don't there's know if you can call it really a groove, really but a groove. groove, it's kind of wearing really funny right around there as well, and that's probably another probably another 4.30 seconds lower there as well. And I don't know if there's something that I'm doing wrong with this, or if it's just roads that I'm running. I do run a pretty well regional run. I stay west of Chicago 99% of the time.
0: Okay. The right front tire's wearing fine. The left front tire's wearing bad. The dominant wear is on the inside next to the frame, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, good. If you lay your hand flat on the tire, and you're probably driving that off the but if Yeah, you I'm driving it right now. But... Lid your hand across the face of the tire toward the frame and pull your hand out. The odds are it'll feel a little rough going in and fairly smooth coming out. And that would okay. indicate we have a slight toe-out feathering in the right front tire. Now, I'm going to assume that is correct. The next thing would be does the truck tend to want to pull slightly to the right?
2: No, not at all. No. It, oh, I, it know, know. If,
0: if the roads,
2: the roads if I'm, I mean, granted, I'm running a, a lot ride of ride of California in Oregon, so the roads are rough. But if I'm on a smooth road, it'll go straight down the road, straight down the road.
0: Okay, cool. And it doesn't want to follow cracks or hunt at all?
2: occasionally, uh, uh, yes. If I start yes. getting into, like, the... And whatnot, then, uh, yeah, where the road has been it was really worn from change or whatever, then it'll follow those all day long. Um, um, the, other it was, the other thing is. so again? so again?
1: How many miles do you have on the tires? I think he said 200,000.
2: 200, About 200 and, uh, 396 I put them on at 152, so 240
0: ish, 245 almost. Okay, right. <laughs> Two items. First of all, I think you have zero toe, or maybe a 30-second of an inch of tow-out, just a very slight toe out condition. And okay. with, the okay. crown, with the crown of the road leading the truck to the right, the right front tire is going to kind of be in charge all the time, and the left front tire tends to drag, and that's what will take off the inside edge on it. But the fact that okay. you went 200, okay. it's not far off. It's off just a little bit, Okay. Now, okay. the second okay. point is, if you tread up your tires and the right side's got 8.30 seconds and the left side's got, what, 6.30 seconds on it or something?
2: Uh, no, the left, uh, on the, where it's still got the meat of the tire, it's still it, it's still at 7.5, almost 8.
0: Okay. But
2: where it's uh, wearing down, excessively down, that's where it's getting down into the 4s. Okay.
0: We normally recommend rotating your steer tires, rims and all, every fifty to 80,000 miles, so that these slight variations in wear can be mitigated by rotating the tires back and forth instead of going in and trying to adjust the truck all the time, okay? Okay, okay. And I assume you've never rotated these tires.
2: Uh, no, actually, uh, I was told honestly by my alignment guy not to after I chewed through my first set of tires on 152.
1: No,
0: I, I would. Re- I still recommend rotating the steers the same as I recommend X rotating your drives to keep them wearing Sorry. out as sets even as possible. But in the overall okay. say if you've gotten over 200,000 miles out of those steer tires there's not a whole lot wrong. True. Yeah, Granted.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean it is It is probably one of the longer sets that I've gotten it's just it's with having that much meat left on that right side that was what was kind of throwing me along. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I, you know, I've, I've been, been trying I've to keep been up trying on Keeping the upper, uh, air pressure the upper up on it, it gets down to 113. I'm back up to 115 with it. You know, uh, that kind, good. Of, uh, that kind good. of so. Oh, good, good.
0: Okay, well, I, you know, I, don't I do that, that with my super wides as well. But you running super wides in the back?
2: Yeah, I've got super wides yeah, in the back. They've got uh, uh, put them on at 175. 170, so what? 221 like on those, and right. so they're still there. They're still Almost 13
0: and back, and back. That's great. That's great. Sounds, Sounds like, right. yeah, you're, you're doing fine there. Uh, if you wanted to have somebody try to align it a little tighter on the toe end, just a small adjustment would be all it is. Uh, and then I would just rotate the tires periodically in order to keep that stuff from showing up. Yeah, when you've got okay.
1: as little as so 200 250,000 miles, 50 is
0: pretty much <laughs> the edge
2: of one be able to it from,
0: from yeah, these tires. I've got. I've got people who call me up to complain they can't get sixty thousand miles out of a pair of steer types. Yeah. If I told them oh, they could well, get oh, over two hundred thousand, well. they'd call me a liar. That's true. We've been
2: called liars. Okay. Well, I right, thank you for your time. Sure, you have a great day. All right.
1: You,
2: you too. Thank you.
1: Okay. There's there's a classic
0: example of once you produce a result, everybody always wants more. Okay? That's true and and I've got no problem with that. It's just that you can get frustrated. You know there's guys out there that are getting forty fifty sixty thousand miles out of steer tires, and you'd like to get them up to the hundred and eighty hundred ninety thousand and then you've got a guy who's getting over two hundred thousand he's still running the tires and and he wants more than that
1: <laughs> yeah I, one of my favorite customers was a guy I think he was out of wyoming uh and he he, had, he was getting really good tire mileage. It was driving really straight. But, you know, if he got on a really good stretch of road, it was after a quarter mile, he still had to correct and get back to straight. <laughs> he couldn't keep that thing straight for a whole mile. Mm-hmm. So do you, can, can you do something to get it drive, to drive that straight all the time? Yeah,
0: but it's probably going to cost you
1: tire work. <laughs> well, no, it's, then it's going to drive on the left side of the right. road. It's just... Right. It's just <laughs> That's wonderful to hear that he's getting there. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Do we have another question there? We do have another question of the 253 area code, so I suppose we'll go ahead and put him live. Okay, can you hear us now? Hello there. Hello, can you hear me? Yes,
0: sir, we can hear you. How you doing?
1: All right, uh, I understand you have a question. Hello?
0: I'm here. Can you hear me? I'm not hearing anything. No,
1: He'll call back. We'll get him on. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going back to our discussion on specifications. uh, This might be jumping topics. I'm not sure. But when you look at in a vehicle that is aligned to within one thirty second inch shim of straight ahead mm-hmm. or a sixteenth inch shim, let's say. Now mm-hmm. for our purposes with our measurement system, we figured out that if you're a sixteenth of an inch shim off of straight ahead, then the drive axle pushes the rear the steer axle to the right, or is attempting to push the steer axle to the right or left an inch every time it travels from the distance, the 250 inches from the the rear end to the front end. Correct. So when you end up with that kind of situation, when you, when you know this is what you're dealing with, one inch every time the vehicle travels its own length, mm-hmm. then if you've got that if you've got that one inch over uh, the 50,000 miles to 100,000 miles that you're driving the thing a year, you've got a significant amount of push on that steer tire. Towards the ditch. You've pushed it how far? Well, if you're off by 1 16th from where we want it. A 16th inch shim on the rear end of the truck. You know what a 16th inch shim looks like? It's just very thin. It's just a little thicker than, a, than a, an aluminum can. Right.
0: Or oh, about the thickness of a credit card.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, good one. If
0: you're off by a 16th of an inch shim in the rear,
1: you will push
0: the steer tires sideways 253
1: inches every mile you drive. Every mile you drive.
0: Right. So if I divide that by 12,
1: that means that's 21 feet sideways. 21 feet. Every mile you drive, for every 16th of an inch, that the thing is off straight ahead. Well, off from where where we want it. Yeah, because we don't want it straight ahead. Well, but we only really want it less than an inch off.
0: I wanted a 32nd of shim off, which would be a half an inch. Right. But the factory specs, and most of the factory specs I've looked at, using our laser system, the drive axle can be off two inches to the left or two inches to the right or anywhere in between and that's in the green. Right. So it's double that it'd be forty two feet sideways every, every time you drive your own length and you're in the green.
1: And you're in the green. So every mile, you're you're like I said, you can drive two, three trucks sideways or side by side through that just through the uh, the range. Well a truck's eight range. feet wide yeah. and forty two feet
0: that's five trucks
1: five trucks. Every <laughs> mile. You could have five trucks between the of that range. Right, right. So it's a it's it is honestly a really wide range. Oh yeah. Oh. That that is what we're trying to stop when we align a vehicle. The drive tires, they're not you know, the, the drive tires themselves aren't suffering from being aligned in No, they suffer very little. It's the steer tires that suffer. They push the steer tires sideways. You've got right. all your horsepower and all your Three no, quarters wait. of the weight. Everything back there pushing those tear tires And the tear tires are the most expensive ones. Well,
0: they're fairly expensive. That's true. They also have no horsepower. Mm-hmm. Uh they're ones that get blamed for everything. Yep. But they're the ones that get abused. Yes.
1: They got oh. they're the ones that
0: steer. Yeah. Our guy with a question looks like he's back. Let's see if we can talk to him. Guy yeah, with a
1: question. Uh two five three area code. I hope you can hear us this time. Are you there?
3: Uh, This is Mike. Uh, Am I on? Yes, sir. Yeah. Hello, this is Mike. Am I on? Yes, you're on.
1: You have a question. Go ahead and ask your question.
3: I have a a front steer problem where Where the tire pulls pulls a little bit to the right, to the right, and Okay. And my uh, and my outside right tire is uh, has some some wear on it, but it tends to be only in one spot, uh, about a 18 inch section of that outside edge. I also get uh, all vibration between 45 and 50 miles an hour.
0: What was the speed ring?
3: 45 to 45
0: miles an hour. Okay. All right. Will you feel the vibration as you go up through 45 to 55? Do you feel it again when you slow down, or is it only when you accelerate?
3: It seems as though I feel it a little bit both directions, but I do feel it more in the acceleration than the deceleration.
0: <laughs> okay. How many miles run the truck? About
3: 100,000
0: miles. How many? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the mileage.
3: 100,000?
0: 1,000, that's not many miles in the truck, okay. Um, the first suspicion we have is your drive axles are slightly out of where we would want them to be. The second possibility is you might have a little bit of in So the left-hand tire is wearing just fine? Yes. Is that correct?
3: Yes. yes, it's okay. right, working just fine.
0: Okay, so we've got a little bit too much tow weight in the front end. We have a drive axle that's slightly out of alignment. Now, the fact that it's only wearing in one section of the tire is not a major problem because what happens is as the tire is sliding sideways on asphalt or concrete, it will tend to build pressure and then jump and release and build pressure and jump and release, and it will tend to wear in one section every time it, it builds up. So that's right. Uh, what make and model okay. truck is um uh,
3: It's a 587 Peterbilt.
0: It's a Peterbilt?
3: That's correct. Yes. That's-
0: cool. Um, does it have the rear suspension that has the big curved spring on it? Yes, it does. Okay. That suspension is very sensitive to alignment because with all the pivot points in it, under engine torque, it tends to move a lot. So you have to set it just a little bit differently than we would set other stuff. But it's, it's alignable. It's not a big problem. It can be done as long as you recognize that. Um, with the Peterbilt, you probably have the preset non-adjustable bearings in the front, which means I don't have to really worry about loose wheel bearings, although it should be checked. Just to make sure. And are these tires that are on it, the original tires, or have they been replaced? No, they've been replaced. Okay. And what brand of tire are you running now? There'd be Bridgestone two eighty three. Bridgestone two eighty three. Okay, that's fine. Um how many miles did you get on your first set of tires?
3: Well I've had uh two sets of used tires, uh Michelin's, and they went very fast. Uh about uh, seventy five thousand miles.
1: Okay. Okay, yeah.
0: Um I I'm gonna I'm gonna get real real picky about this now. Are you going? I, I assume you had alignments done. Is that correct?
3: I've had several alignments done, and uh, only until okay. I until had it done, uh, by, done Chad, uh, by, by Chad, it, Chad it, 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 did I get any mileage at all out of it.
0: Okay. So Chad has done this truck, and and how yes, many miles has, are yes, on, the,
3: has,
0: on the tires now?
3: A uh, hundred thousand miles on these tires since he adjusted them.
0: How many miles are on the truck? 550,000. Ah, okay. All right, all right. 500,000. All right, now that's starting to make sense on this shimmy. Because the shimmy was bothering me. When you feel it shimmy going up in speed and you feel it again as you come down through the speed range, that tells me we've got a dry spot in the kingpin or we've got a thrust bearing in the kingpin that's deteriorating and it's not floating smoothly through the toe change in that speed range. And if you only had 100,000 on the truck, which is what I thought we were having, that didn't make any sense.
1: 500,000.
0: Yeah, 500,000 is starting to make some sense to me there. Okay, the second thing that I would do, <laughs> if you sure or not, everybody makes mistakes once in a while, but the U-bolts on that rear suspension will tend to come loose. And you need
3: to make sure that those
0: U-bolts are good and tight in the rear end when we cut it off that makes sense? Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Very good. Uh,
3: one, other piece one other piece of information. I, I, I actually experimented 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 it, and I moved that right front, front tire front to front the front left, front left front and basically swapped the tires front around. Front uh-huh. and, and I get the uh-huh. same sort of scenario, except now it pulls to the left instead of yes. to the right.
1: Yes. Okay, then that means the alignment is really close. Yeah, but I'm still unsatisfied. I think it could be
0: a little bit better. Um, in order to mitigate that left pull, you should flip the left front tire on the rim. Leave the right front alone. Just flip the left front on the rim. Um, that should get rid nope. of the right pull. That's right. get rid of the left pull. Are,
3: are you saying are, are that after, after, I, after I – what I did was when just switch the rim, the tire rim all, and tire and all previously. Correct. So now, now, so now, now, are you saying
0: just flip the flip left tire on the rim itself? Yes, just the left one. Okay, okay, which used to okay. be the right, right. one. Right. Yeah. Now the idea is that okay. if the right front, okay. the one that's on the right front now, if it's pushing you a little left, and the one on the left front is trying to push you left, if you flip one of the tires on the rim, we want the two tires to work against each other so the truck will drive straight. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It works. To get rid of the pull. It doesn't solve the fact that the tire already has some wear, yeah. but it makes it handle correctly so you can drive the tires out.
1: Yeah, okay. If you want to solve okay. that, there's, a, there's, on a set there's, of there's still a lot of tread left,
3: it? so uh, I was going to try and see what I, I, I could
1: do about, do about that. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you want to if you want to slow down the wear on a steer tire, really the thing you got to do is just move it to the trailer cuz as long as it's in this chair position, it's going to get abused. It, does, it carries uh, weight; it doesn't carry it evenly. It's a uh, it's a it's an incredibly abusive position for a tire. It gains more weight when
0: you step on the brake than any other axle in the truck.
1: Yes, terror- a lot of abuse to that. So once you see a wear, once you're experiencing wear, it's not going to go away. It's just going to get worse. And I do carry right. quite do a bit carry. of
3: weight up front also. What inflation
0: are you running up there? I'm sorry? I'm sorry. Inflation are you running on the steer tires?
3: Uh, after being with Chad, I bumped them up. I run about 125. Of course, that depends upon the temp- outside temperature. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I, w- I wouldn't care what the outside temperature was. I would put that every time I check in the morning. That's the inflation I'd want. All right.
3: That is what, I
0: try. what, do that is do, what yes. I try to do, Yep. Okay.
3: All right. All right. Well, thank you, All Mike. right.
0: You. Bye, yeah. Bye now. You, you Bye hey, now. Mike. You have a good day,
3: <laughs>
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Okay. Very good. Very good. Well,
1: <clears throat> uh, let's see. What was our subject for today?
0: Specs and factory alignments
1: and... <laughs> <clears throat> aftermarket alignments aftermarket alignments what happens with an aftermarket we i think we've discussed a little bit of this maybe the last time with the alignment equipment and the fact that a an alignment an alignment shop typically has a warranty that lasts the dis, the distance the amount of time that the vehicle is actually in the shop in the shop or until it just crosses the curb <laughs> And then they don't want to talk about it anymore. Because the moment you come back with a problem, what are the chances that you hit a curve or a made a sharp right turn? Or get a chuckle. What's yeah. another favor? Um, there, there's all kinds of excuses. You can come up with a
0: lot. When I was doing alignments all the time, I don't do alignments anymore, uh, I had a 60-day, 30,000-mile warranty on my alignment Because if I checked the truck out, And I made sure it was mechanically sound and I aligned the truck. It wasn't going to change significantly in 60 days or 30,000 miles. And if it did, I'll take care of it. And I very seldom had anybody come back that had an issue
1: that we couldn't handle, especially even in that time.
0: Yeah. There was one fellow that came back to me that was driving FLD freight and it was a local co-op here in Iowa and his trucks ran from central Iowa to the river on the east coast of the, of Iowa. Yeah. Yes. See we we have a state with an east and a west coast. We do. The Missouri and the Mississippi. Yeah, both coasts. So he would run to the to the river barge drop points with grain come back here pick up grain go back and forth. And uh this was this was a long time ago. This would have been in the early 90s. And we were running Michelin XVA1 steer tires, and that particular tire, properly aligned in a line haul, we could average 125,000 miles on He was getting 60 to 70 to begin with, and when we aligned it, he was getting as I recall, 130,000, 140,000. One of his trucks we aligned, and about 45 days later, he called me up and said I need the alignment checked on it. I said, it's no problem, it's under warranty. He said, well, this won't be under warranty. So why not? He said, well, he got stuck in a farmer's lot. He hooked a farm tractor up to it and he ripped the front axle out from underneath the truck. (laughs) Okay, cool. Is the front axle back underneath the truck now? Yes, it is. I said, all right, then it's a warranty. I'm not going to repair it, but I'll check it out for you. And when he brought it in, he says, I don't understand why you're doing this under warranty. I says, I do it so that you'll tell me the truth. (laughs) I want to know what happened to that truck. Now, if I give a conditional warranty, Then they will come back and tell me a story that meets the conditions of the warranty.
1: Right.
0: And then I won't know what I'm looking for, and I want to know what to look for.
1: We don't want to spin our wheels.
0: Yeah. So it just didn't take very long, and we took care of him. Got him squared away, and he went away. And he said, but I feel bad about this bill. And uh, I said, don't worry about it. Just take your wife out to dinner. As far as I'm concerned, this is good marketing advertising for me. We'll take care of you. 60 days, 30,000 miles, it's not going to be an issue. The vast majority of other alignment people I've dealt with won't give a warranty because with the type of equipment and the process they use, they couldn't put the truck on the alignment machine, measure it back out of the shop, put it back on the machine, measure it, and get the same measurement.
1: That same day, much less 30 days later.
0: Right. You know, we, we get measurements 30 days, six months, a year later on trucks, and the
1: measurements are the same.
0: Because until you bend it, break it, or wear it out, it stays where you put it. Right. Now, there's certain mechanical things we have to watch for. The U-bolts on that flex air suspension, that's that Packard suspension with a big curved spring they tend to get a little loose.
1: As do the same U-bolts drive axle U-bolts on uh, Freightliners and Internationals.
0: Freightliners and Internationals, they both have the same issue. And the issue with all of those is that the primary suspension bracket on the flex air, or the leaf spring on the International freightliner is underneath the drive axle. And so all the
1: weight is carried on the U-bolts. Instead of just sitting on top of the axle like a typical spring.
0: Right. So your steer axle, the spring is sitting on top of the axle. The weight passes directly to the axle. And all the U-bolt's doing is clamping it in place. Yep. But if the leaf spring is under the axle, the U-bolt is physically carrying the load.
1: It's kind of overworked. Right. Yeah, if they if they provided larger bolts, yes, but they use they the same suspension. size bolt. Yeah.
0: You right. can look at a Volvo air ride suspension and look at the size and density of the bolt they use, and it's the same size that's on a Freightliner.
1: Am I not thinking right? Doesn't a, a, a Mac Camelback also carry the weight? Yes, the Mac Camelback suspension
0: carries the weight. And the U-bolt size is so much bigger. For example, on the Freightliner bolt that's used, the according to the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, the correct torque for that bolt is 450 foot-pounds. Right. Okay? The size bolt that's on the Mack Camelback, the correct torque is 1,200 foot-pounds.
1: And it doesn't come loose. No. I never, never... see a Camelback come
0: loose. No, they don't come loose. With but
1: Freightliners.
0: But they're using a much... Heavier bolt to carry the load,
1: and that thing carries incredible loads. So yeah, it's interesting. They, they're, they're, this design could work better, unfortunately, for weight savings and operational. Um... Well, there's a,
0: there's another question I've always had about that freightliner international style suspension,
1: and now the
0: the, the pe- flex there. The, the Mac Camelback is tightening the U bolt against the leash springs. And against the center trunnion not against the hollow diff housing right the u-bolts on the freight liners and the internationals are tightening the u-bolt to hollow diff housing will the hollow diff housing stand 1200 foot-pounds of torque or will it crush
1: good question
0: they may not be able to go to that much
1: operational issue.
0: Wait a a design issue yeah it's a right. design issue so we, they may or may not be able to solve it. all. All I know is that that Freightliner suspension, the Freightliner suspension, has been the same since that product was introduced in 1990.
1: Yep.
0: It's been 25 years. We've had the same problem with that suspension for 25 years. The visual indicator for you is to walk up behind your Freightliner truck with the trailer off or crawl underneath the trailer if you want to do that. Look at the airbags from the back, and they will be tilted in on the bottom. In other words, the leash springs move toward each other as the thing loosens up. The internationals won't show that I simply because the bracket under the axle that the leash spring sits in is designed so it won't slide sideways. Right. So it the still U-bulk, gets loose. Oh, yeah, the U-bolt gets loose, but the airbags don't tilt, so you don't have the visual indicator. But the axle walks around every time you hit a bump in the road, and you can't hold the alignment. In fact,
1: I, maybe this is just a... Uh just because of the vehicles I have worked on that are internationals,
0: but I think the
1: problem is worse on the
0: internationals. Could very well be.
1: for From our
0: perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe operation, once again, I think that was episode three, alignment doesn't cause accidents. No. So the fact that it's not holding the alignment may be to matter to the designer, but to us, if you can't hold the alignment, you can't get your tire working, mean, you're not a happy person driving on the road. Right, right.
0: Now, again, if there's anybody that has a question that's listening, just push one on your phone. If you'd like a question or a comment on any subject on tire wear handling, we'd we'll be glad to answer your questions. If you push one twice, you will erase the question uh, queue for us and we won't know to go to you. But if you have a question, feel free, punk it up. We'll be glad to talk to you about it. We had another discussion that came up earlier today on Facebook about tall tires, 11Rs, and low-pro tires, the 295, 75, twenty 22.5, or whatever size you want, and which one was better. Uh, I responded to that today and said that uh, I don't know,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I and I don't care. <laughs> um,
1: well, what, nice to know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all I care is that they're round, they're black, and they're dirty, and it's my job to make them wear as long as I can get them to wear as many miles or as much time, whichever way you want to classify. Uh, I don't care about fuel economy. Fuel economy is not something as alignment tech that I get excited about. Um, I know, I know the owners of the trucks and I know everybody else in Rutherford are really ex- interested in fuel economy and that's great. And I assume that a, properly lined truck will get better fuel economy than a non-aligned truck. We've done some tests on, on test tracks and proved that we can get a couple of percent a couple of tenths of a percent improvement in documented improvement in fuel economy because of the line. A
1: tenth of a percent, not tenths of a gallon. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, not tenths of a mile per gallon, just a tenth of a percent.
0: But I can really make tires last longer. Yeah we
1: I had a I, I understand why alignment doesn't affect fuel economy like a lot of people think it does mm-hmm. you you assume that uh if you're pushing a tire sideways that means you're causing more scrub and that means yes. you're, you're you're losing fuel and you're using energy to do that you indeed are that is all true and that is the fuel savings that we can get but mm-hmm. you, you have to understand that we're talking about over tens of thousands of miles losing only what a couple of pounds of rubber mm-hmm. on the road. Mm-hmm. So, how much fuel does it take to push a few thousand, a few, a few pounds of rubber, uh, off, or sand a few pounds of rubber off on an asphalt road?
0: Well, the simple right. way to tell that is to take a tire and put it on a grinding wheel and see how long it takes to grind that off,
1: <laughs> and how much energy did you actually use? Not a whole lot, <laughs> right?
0: So. But, all right, but the question was, which is a better tire, the 11R tire or the two hundred ninety five seventy five, a 24-5 tire or a 22-5 tire? And what I explained in my discussion was that the original tires that were run around here were 11, um, 1020s, 1120s tube-type bias tires. Then radials came into the market. Michelin was the guys that started introducing the radio. They were developed in Europe, and they were developed on the metric. But in order to compete in the North American market, they needed to have an 11R or a uh, 22.5 or 24.5 to fit on the rims that we're going to run over here. It didn't take them very long that they wanted to standardize world tires. So every place in the world would run the same kind of tire. And metric measuring systems worldwide were more dominant than our inch system. Because an 11-R tire is 11 inches wide. Right. A 295 75 r 225 is slightly wider. It's about 11.3 inches wide. But it is shorter in sidewall than the 11-R tire is. True. So they wanted us to standardize to that. So there was a lot of pressure to get rid of the 11-R tires. We haven't completely got rid of them. They're still around. And there is also great pressure to go away from the 24-5 tire completely and go to the 22-5 tire. Who's providing that pressure? Again, that's the European the industrial market or worldwide market. Right. You'll notice that. The four and a quarter tires the four twenty fives and the three eighty fives and the three one fives and the new two forty fours and two forty fives all around twenty two five rims yes they are they don't build those for a twenty four five rim because the whole idea is they want to make the eleven r sizing and the twenty four five obsolete so everybody winds up with a standard rim and standard tires
1: I figure it's just because they hated me and didn't want me to be able to get under the suspension of these
0: well I suppose that's part of it too. The way they sold that to the truck market here in the U.S. was that the excise tax on tires, as I understand it, is based on the weight of the tire. So you're taxed by the pound of rubber. The 22.5 tire weighs less than the 24.5 tire. Even if it's just a little bit. It's still differences in pennies.
1: bothers them.
0: And when they sold it to the big fleets, we can save you money in your tires if you'll buy this 22.5 because it weighs less. Your federal tax will be less. And then the big fleet says, well, pennies are dollars to us. And so the big shift to the 22.5 came about. There are still people running the 11R24.5.
1: Yep.
0: There's still people running the 295, 75, 24.5 tire. I like them. Because they like that big rim. They like a little more ground clearance. I've heard arguments back and forth about whether there's any fuel savings economy because of the height of the vehicle off the ground. I don't know. I've heard arguments that the 11R245 tire has worse rolling resistance. I don't know.
1: Given how much they twist uh, those numbers in the first place, I wouldn't
0: Yeah. As, as, as I understand it, there's five different tests that you can use to test rolling resistance. And they'll use whatever the
1: one they want for their tire to get the best result. Yeah, it
0: makes it look the best, and I, I don't I don't care. That's not my business. So in either case, that's where the 11R tire came from. That's where the, the metric low-pro tire came from. And that's the reason everybody is phasing into the low-pro. Because the dominant numbers of tires sold worldwide are not in the 11Rs. Then the research and development dollars are spent on the metric sizing, the low-pros. Correct. They're not going to spend money developing a tire that they're not going to sell many of. Right. they spend the money on the tires that they sell a lot of.
1: And once one company
0: starts doing that, it's like
1: Yeah, they're all you know,
0: they they're gonna have to follow the pattern. Nobody can avoid that. And that's why we're into low rolling resistance, smart waste certified tires now, which started with California. It's being pushed all across the country. Because once their tire company is forced to make a specific tire for a specific state, they're not gonna make different tires for the rest of I them. Mean, they're just gonna use the same thing. It's just the economics of business. By the way, do you know how much it costs to make one tire mold?
1: A tire mold.
0: Just one mold. Over a million dollars.
1: Yeah, okay. I was going to say over a million. Over a
0: million. Okay. So, how many extra molds are they going to make for 11R tires? As few as possible. That's right. And so, they're continually pressuring people to go to the Low Pro 22.5s, go to the 295.75s, and we can make one tire. Now, if they're making. One mold, they can make a hundred molds in the two twenty-two five size, and not have to make ten molds in the twenty-four five size, right. because those are hard to pay for
1: at the factory because they're not selling enough of those tires. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure, they are the ones that created that situation, but it's not like I, again, it's it's a real good question of whether or not anybody was uh, benefiting from the twenty-four five in the first place, except me, because I still got to squeeze into that axle.
0: Well, thank goodness I don't
1: have to because <laughs> I can't. No, no, I've seen that belly
0: up, baby. It's not going to work. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, you know, you can use ramps. You can. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it, sure, it's real convenient, but I...
0: They're a pain in the ass to haul around. But yeah, if yeah. I can
1: squeeze under there, I'll squeeze in. Yeah. I just curse the track the whole time.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> We're getting close to the end of our hour. We have about 10 minutes left. Once again, I'll remind you, if you have a question or a comment you'd like to pop in on, Uh, Just push one on your phone. We'll be glad to get back to you and talk to you about your issue. And it doesn't matter if it's on track with what we're talking about. We'll answer any question that comes up here. We're having a good time doing this. (laughs) What else should we talk about about alignment factories? Settle in.
1: Very good. Important subject.
0: You take a brand new truck that's been aligned at the factory that is set to their preference numbers, not just within tolerance, It's right at their preference numbers.
1: Do they do that? Do they ever do that? Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: I yeah. Even a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. Mm-hmm. Get it set perfect.
1: Oh, not to their target, but within their spec.
0: To their target, yeah, right on right. their preference. Zero, zero. Yep. Deck those trucks up. Take 10 of them, which is what we've done several times. Did we do that? Yes, we did. did we did. Oh, yes.
1: Haul them 1,000 miles from there. Wait, what did we do first? They decked them up. Before? before oh, we
0: measured them to we confirm. We
1: measured it. them ourselves. Yes. We didn't even have to rely on their no. equipment for their measurement for their process. We also measured
0: them. Right. And,
1: and they were how close?
0: They were on spec. Dead off. They hauled them 1,000 miles to the fleet. We met them at the fleet with the same technician and the same equipment. We measured them at the fleet. And 50% of those vehicles were out of their specs.
1: Just off of traveling halfway across the country.
0: Because you've got brand new frames, brand new springs, brand new bushings, brand new kingpins, brand new airbags, brand new everything. Mm -hmm. And they jostled and settled in across the country. Mm -hmm. We reset them. We ran in 30 days. 25 to 30% of them were wrong at the end of 30 days.
1: So they were off just in the first few miles, and then again, they were off in the first 30 days.
0: And then we reset them and ran them again, and about 10 to 15% were wrong at the end of the 60-day period. We reset them and checked them at 90 days, and they had quit changing. So new vehicles, the vast majority of them, 80% of them, have a significant settle in during the first 60 days or 30,000 miles of operation. Yep. And if you don't recognize that and take it into consideration in your operation, you'll wind up very unhappy. Now, that was one of the things we found was serendipitous, if you want to use that term. Since I was giving a 60-day, 30,000-mile warranty anyway, Hmm. the fleets and owners that I worked with, i say, bring your truck in when it's brand new, when you're putting the lettering on the door and stuff. I'll align it brand new, and I'll charge you for alignment. And then in sixty days you bring it back and you get it aligned again for free at the end of the breaking period.
1: Now, I gotta tell you, working on new trucks, especially within that sixty days. Oh, it's so easy. It's a dream. Oh yes.
0: Nothing's <laughs> broke, nothing's <laughs> rusted, everything moves.
1: Everything does exactly what you tell it to. Come apart when you tell them to come apart. Go oof. together when you tell them to go together. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, doing that second check for free is sort of like saying, uh, yeah, I wanted to day off. Sure.
0: <laughs> nice and easy. <laughs> When, when we're doing alignments on the average truck, not counting repairs, not counting tightening U-bolts, not having to tighten wheel bearings, none of that stuff, the average truck takes an hour and a half, two hours to align. Just for alignment. A brand new truck, 45 minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. But it, it's still it's worth at least as much to do that on a new truck oh, as on an old
0: truck. Absolutely. absolutely. We had a whole series of trucks with one fleet uh, they bought, I'm trying to remember, 30 trucks over a period of uh, a few months. And he wanted me to line all his trucks as they came in. Now, the interesting thing was the trucks were aligned at the factory. He made the dealer he was buying from align them on their alignment machine. Mm-hmm. And then he says, okay, now I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, just looking at the toe on these 30 trucks, the tow in varied from three-eighths of an inch towed in to a half-inch towed out
1: even after you've gotten them, after the dealership.
0: And I believe that the, the mess-ups occurred at the dealership because they were not calibrating their equipment.
1: I'm totally aware it.
0: And these alignments were done, these 30 trucks were done over a six-month period of time. So I suppose if I went back and dug out all the records, I could show you the track of how the alignments changed because of calibration change. But simple fact is they were wrong. Yeah. And, and it needed to get fixed. We have consumed about another hour here we have talked about factory specs we've talked about factory alignments we've talked about outside alignments we've had a couple of discussions with uh, some listeners about their particular tire work problem i want to thank all of you for listening we're going to do this again next week it's going to be a little interesting next week because kevin's going to be here in the office and i'm going to be skyping in from toronto where i'm going to be up doing some work and next year, we're gonna, or next week, we're going to discuss caster and camber and what they mean to alignments. Is it myth or reality that you have to worry about?
1: All right. That sounds like fun.
0: I thank you, folks. You have yourselves a good day, and we will talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Rolling Toe. If you like what you heard here,